Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Greater Alton Church. And uh, my name is Tim. It's good to have you with us today. Uh, we're concluding, at least my part, in uh, this series that we've been calling Gratitude Adjustment. And we've been looking at gratitude. It's Thanksgiving. going to be here before you know it in just a couple of weeks. And so we've been looking at this idea of gratitude. I don't know if you noticed it last week, but uh, I tried to say something subtly uh, in, in the way the lesson was structured I don't know if you noticed all the verse ones out of all the passages that we found on gratitude. How many of them were from verse one? I don't know if you noticed that. We had over 20 that were presented here on the screen. Some of them during the sermon and some of them uh, while we were praying, encouraging us to always start our life with gratitude. It's interesting that it, uh, I noticed, happened to notice that, man, there's a lot of passages, a lot of places in the Bible where the very first thing they talk about is is being thankful or talking about the idea of thanksgiving. And uh, the level of gratitude that you have in your life, the, the level of gratitude I have in my life has a dr- tremendous impact if you stop and think about it. This morning I was reading an article. I don't know. I, I wonder about these smartphones. Do they really listen in on what we're talking about? And then you get all these ads and articles. I'm wondering about it. It's kind of scary. I just happened to have an article this morning that was when I turned my phone on. Um, and looked at my news feed, it was on gratitude. It, w- it had uh, been released early this morning. And it was an article on the effects of complaining. The effects of complaining. Yep, here we go. And what is that all about, you know? And uh, the, the research has showed us that in a conversation that we complain every once a minute, in our, if you average it out, in our conversations. That's a lot of whining, folks, okay? A lot of whining, all right? And I got to thinking about that. You know, I started thinking, is that true? Yeah. I couldn't deny it. I think about how many times I utter something negative or something I'm complaining about, or I'm with somebody, and we're just feeding off of each other's uh, ingratitude, and we begin to complain about things, all kinds of things. Maybe it's our health, or maybe it's our employer, or, or, or something we own, something's broke down, or we complain about our church. Heaven forbid, we complain about our church. But we complain about people, we complain about family members and friends and enemies and the weather. Uh, we woke up last Monday with nine degrees, and I know everybody was going, oh, yippee, right? Yeah. Ugh. And we're looking forward to Wednesday. It's going to be the high of 62. Isn't that going to be nice, you know? Uh, it's going to be nice to have that right in the middle of November, as it should be. But uh, also, as I read about this, I, I thought about um, the idea of why we complain. And one of the things this article said was, the reason we complain is because it makes us feel good. Duh! You know, I'll feel better when I complain. And then he went on to say, the thing about complaining, though, is like smoking and bacon might be good, it's not good for you. I thought that was pretty good. The, just the idea that sometimes you know, we have this idea of when people get together, it makes you, might make me feel good, but it really isn't good for me. And it has something to do with what happens to my brain when I'm complaining. And so the Stanford University Research Group did, a, did some research on this idea of, of complaining and how when we're complaining, it sets a thought or a neuron 
uh, thought is activated in our brain and it's looking for a, a like-minded neuron in our brain and it's trying to make a connection. In fact, they have a phrase, these scientists have a phrase, neutrons that fire together, wire together. So they're looking for, our thoughts are looking for another negative thought. That's how our brains work. And next thing you know, there's a temporary bridge built between these two thoughts. And if not monitored, correctly, not monitored properly, these little temporary bridges become permanent. And so we become crotchety, grumpy, frumpy, pessimistic people. Now, don't look at that person right now. Because it may be you. Just think about that for a minute. How, how that happens. It, not only does it break, break down our, our, or this, these thoughts do this to our mind, it breaks down our body. Hypertension, blood pressure issues, heart conditions. They're even saying that this negativity, this complaining nature that we have, which is a nature, it isn't something we learn, it's just something we do, okay? That we tend to do this, if not confronted, may have some connection to Alzheimer's. Just think about that. It has some of the same attributes associated with Alzheimer's. And not only does it break down our body, it breaks down our relationships in our lives. And so I listened to this and I got, you know, really excited. Oh boy, you know. So is this article just going to tell me what it does to me? I mean, I'm interested in what do I do? And he said, so what's the answer? There were two answers. And one of them was develop the attitude of gratitude. You've got to develop the attitude of gratitude if you want to overcome this complaining. Because when you do this, when you begin to develop this attitude of gratitude, when you begin to make some gratitude adjustments, it rewires your brain in a certain way and it has a tremendous impact on you physically, a tremendous impact on your friendships and your relationships, your marriage tremendous impact in your workspace. And it's especially true when I choose, when you and I choose to be grateful in all of our circumstances because there's where most of our complaining comes from. It's in those circumstances, those situations we get in. Look what the Bible says. This is perhaps the hardest passage, one of the hardest passages, at least for me personally, I find hard to do. You know, gratitude is not something you just say, folks. It's something you do. You show it. And look at this, this passage in 1 Thessalonians 5. Give thanks in all circumstances. Huh? <laughs> Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wow. I understand what it's saying. But man, to do this, so challenging. See, I'm used to, maybe like most people, I try to be grateful, try to say thank you, and especially Thanksgiving, you know, okay, I'm grateful. But living it out in every day, in every circumstance, that's a whole different can of worms there. And this opens up a lot of questions, you know. Well, does that mean everything that happens to me is God's will? And we could, we could talk about that, but I just want you to notice it says give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. I don't believe God wants you to be some kind of masochist, you know, where you... 
you know, oh, thank you, God, for that terrible thing that happened to me. Thank you for the cancer. Thank you for the death. Thank you for the divorce. Thank you for... He's not, I don't think God's wanting us to thank Him for these. Although there are some circumstances, later on in life I go, thank you for that happening, Lord, because because of that happening, it opened a door here. But all of them, I'm still working on a few. How about you? I'm still working on that. And this one I notice, he says, thank God. And notice it says, for this is God's will for you. This is what God wants us to do. It's not, scientists don't have to tell me about that. That gratitude's powerful, that gratitude's good for me. God says, I I told the scientists, I'm telling you, it's great for your life. But it's so hard to do, Lord. Well, that's why it's found in Christ Jesus. What I can't do, God can help me do. The power of a grateful life, see, is found in Christ Jesus. What do you mean, Tim? It's found in committing my life and surrendering my life to Him, to His will. It, it, it's, it involves a life through Christ involves following him and imitating him because Jesus Christ was exposed to all kinds of circumstances and situations. Am I right? Think about it. All kinds of all kinds of situations. And so by watching him and learning from him and following him, I can learn how to be grateful because Jesus was grateful in all of his circumstances. Let me give you an example here. This is uh, what we just did a minute ago. We remembered Christ. And he's having his last meal on earth with his disciples. And if you know a little bit about what's going on, remember he tries to wash their feet. and they're, 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 uh, They are having the Passover meal. They're celebrating, you know, God's deliverance of the suffering and the circumstance in Egypt and everything's going great. And like Debbie Downer, Jesus kind of throws in some reality. You ever been at a party? Everybody's having a good time and some Debbie Downer comes in and just ruins it all for everybody. Well, Jesus kind of lays out some reality here and says, oh, by the way, guys, uh, tonight I'm going to be betrayed by one of you. Goes back to eating. <laughs> what? What? Ask him who it is. I'm not asking him. You ask him. No, you ask him. They're elbowing down the line. You ask. You ask. No, no, no. Is it me? Him? 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 Me? Who? 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 That's the guy that's dipping his hand, dips his hand in the bowl with me. Is this 20 questions or something, Jesus? Because that's, that would help us. Everybody's been doing it. Yeah. Everybody's been dipping. But there's going to be somebody here that's going to betray me. And it's, it's going to be better if he hadn't been born. It's going to be so bad. This is the suckiest day in history, folks. You know that? This is the worst, suckiest day that anybody could have. Jesus is going to be betrayed. He's going to be lied about. He's going to be beaten. He's, he's going to have violence. There's going to be all kinds of... It's going to be, a, it's going to be like a bar fight in this garden. Somebody's going to lose an ear. It's, it's just going to get sideways in a hurry. People are going to deny him. Nobody's going to be around. He's going to be by himself. At least that's what it appears to be. And look what the Bible says. He says in verse 21, the Bible says, The Son of Man will suffer what the Scriptures say will happen to him. Question, is it the will of God what is happening to Jesus? Is this within the will of God of what is happening to Jesus? It's the suckiest day on earth that's ever happened 
You got some sucky days. I got some sucky days. I know that. Now, you probably don't like me saying suck. Okay. You got some bad days. I got some bad days, right? But this is the worst one. And what's Jesus do? And, and is it within the will of God? What are you trying to say, Tim? Figure it out, folks. What do you think? Is it within the will of God that stuff happens to me? That's a hard question to answer, isn't it? It's a hard question. I've had some bad stuff happen to me as a kid. How in the world is that within the will of God? I'm still working on it. See what I'm saying about this passage being so hard to trust? While they're eating, it says, Jesus took some bread and thanked God for it. What? 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 In the middle of this day, He lifts up this bread and He thanks God for it. Is He thanking God for the bread? No, no, it's not the, about the bread. He broke it in some pieces, gave it to His disciples, said, take and eat this. This is My body. I'm about to suffer and My body is going to be broken like I tore apart this bread. It's going to be destroyed. And I want to thank God for this circumstance. You follow me now? Isn't Jesus amazing? How does He do that? He takes a cup. This is my blood. It's going to be poured out. He's, he's basically talking about a drink offering where in the Old Testament you'd take a, a goblet of wine and instead of drinking it or water or whatever, and you'd pour it out and offer it to God, all of it. And say, this, I'm giving this to the Lord, not for myself. Jesus, is, He lifts this cup up and gives thanks. He goes, this is my blood that's going to be shed for you. Remember me. Why? Because you're going to go through a circumstance, Peter. You're going to go through a circumstance, Judas. You're going to go through a circumstance, John. And it's going to really be hard. But don't forget to be grateful in it. How can you, how can you be grateful, Jesus? I mean, I, I ask that question. I go, Jesus, how could you be grateful and give thanks in the middle of the worst day on earth? Because it's not just the worst day, it's the best day. And we're going to find out why. Let me give you these points. Number one, there's four truths here that Jesus shows me. He shows His gratitude. He only just says it, but shows me in four ways. Number one, God is in all my circumstances. See, it's easy to believe God is involved when things are going good. Right? Right? Man, when things are going great, man, you know, I'm healthy, work is steady, uh, the bills are paid, my car is running. Things are great. God, you're good to me. You're so good. My relationships are, you know, I've got some good friends. Uh, things are solid. But what happens when I get fired? Or the car doesn't start? Or I get a diagnosis I'm not crazy about? Or I blow it. And I know I blew it. I just messed it up royal. I find in my own life, my gratitude seems to be pushed out by worry and fear and some confusion and sometimes an attitude. Where I say, like David and so many others, where'd you go, God? Almost like I associate, God is with me when things are good, but when things are bad, God is not with me. And i got news for you, God is with you in all of it. He's in all of it. He didn't go anywhere 
read the life of Jesus in the Gospels, and I started looking to see if that's true. He's always talking about his father when he's feeding people or, or he's addressing some disease, somebody blind, somebody dead. He says things, says things like, well, we're gonna, this has happened to show my father's glory. He, he talks about his father being present. His father is, is, it's his will. He's, that we should be aware of his, of his, his father's presence. That he and the father are one. And why does he talk like that? He talks that way because it's true. He didn't go anywhere. In fact, on the cross, there's a statement. I, I really thought about this. I was thinking, well, what about this statement, Tim? Jesus is on the cross and he says, why have, Father, God, why haven't you forsaken me? Doesn't that mean God's gone? No, it just means he turned his head. He didn't go anywhere. In fact, he's on the cross. He's everywhere. And right in the middle of this circumstance, God is present. Do you ever think about that? God is with you even when things aren't going with it? Pretty bad? Look at this passage here in Psalms 34. The Lord is close to all those whose hearts are crushed by pain. He says in Hebrews 13 there, I will never leave you. He promises I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Psalms 23, David says it this way, Lord, even though your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, even though if I go through something so dark and so scary, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. See, I can thank God. You can thank God in your, in your current, I don't know what your current circumstance is, folks, but God is there. You can thank God He hasn't left you. He hasn't, he hasn't left at all. He's right there in the middle of it. He's still in control is what I'm saying. Now I've got a gratitude challenge up here on the screen. I thought, well, let's have a challenge here. I want to challenge you, encourage you to do something. And so uh, here's my gratitude challenge to you with this point that God is in all my circumstances, in every one of them now. What's the challenge? I need to trust that God is in all my circumstances. What's the circumstance that you struggle most believing that God is there? You need to trust He's there. Number two, God is teaching me something or He's teaching me in all my circumstances. God is teaching me something good in all my circumstances. There's a lesson in every circumstance. Sometimes there's more than one. There's several. Here's a passage up here on the screen. Look at Jesus here in Hebrews 5. It says, But even though He was a wonderful Son, Jesus that is, learned to listen and obey through all His sufferings. Even though He was great, He was, he was a great Son to His Father, He learned, He listened and learned some things in those circumstances. Proverbs 20, verse 30, here's one I can relate to. When you are punished severely, you learn your lesson well. True? Not going to go through that again. For painful experiences do wonders to change your life. I love this. Think about it. How, how many times you've had a circumstance you go, man, I'm not going through that again. I learned some valuable lessons. You know, think about this, church. God is not finished 
teaching you and doing something good in your life. He's not done with you. He's still working on that. And there's some powerful and good lessons that I can find in my circumstances. Learning opportunities. Sometimes they're wake-up calls. You go, oh. Sometimes they're warnings. Whoa, look out. Sometimes they're reassuring lessons. You're going to be okay. But they're all learning opportunities. See, the Apostle Paul had those all the time. In all of his situations, he looked for those. And here's an example of one in Philippians 4. Remember, Paul's in prison, and look what he says. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I want you to circle content. Is that another word for gratitude? Well, let me ask you a question. If you're ungrateful, are you content? If you're grateful, would you be content? So could we say, let me stretch a little here, I have learned to be thankful Whatever the circumstances. I know what it's, like, what it's like to be in need. And I know what it's like to have plenty. He goes, I have had both good and bad circumstances happen to me. I know what it's like to be hungry, well fed, have a lot, have nothing. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plunder and want. I can do all things through Him. There's that in Christ. Through Him who gives me strength. Sometimes, see, I get so caught up. Listen, I get so caught up in the problem, I forget to see the principle. I forget I'm the pupil. I'm a disciple. You're a follower of Christ. I'm a disciple. I'm a student. I'm a learner. So is this what's happening to me? I need to be learning something. There's a lesson in here. Oh, I'm so caught up in the problem. I just want it to go away. Well, God said, wait a minute. No, no. It's, it's, we can still, school isn't out. Class isn't over. We still got a recess is coming, but come on. Look at this. This week, I was exposed to some good lessons. I got this, I got this point early. I knew there was trouble coming because I got, that was my second point. I wrote on my cell phone real quick. Oh my goodness. There's lessons in every circumstance. How profound. Tim, you're going to sound profound when you say that. God's going, oh, Tim, we got a whole week to mess with you. I get in my van and I'm going to go put in some glass. I put on auto glass. And so I'm driving along down Lindbergh. Wonderful, safe Lindbergh. <laughs> driving along, minding my own business. I'm not going to embellish this at all. I'm going to tell... I'm not. I don't have to. You're going to go, You have, no, I don't have to. Driving along, I pull on Lindbergh. There's a green light and I start to go through it. And this semi comes right in front of me. Halfway in the, and it's a green light. And he looks at me and goes, and he gives me the finger. And I'm like, well, huh? I'm looking and the light's green. He's in the middle of the intersection. Did I forget something? I, I did. I mean, the green light was on. It was on a while. So I'm going, what's going? And he go, and almost to make his point, like I didn't get it. He takes his glove off and gives me the finger. And I go, oh, now. And I go, and I put my hands up. I go, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm driving alongside of him. You know, it's funny. You ever had somebody give you the finger or do something like that? You're driving alongside him and no one looks at the other driver. I'm just driving along. And I'm going, what's the lesson? And I'm going, oh, God, okay. What's the lesson here? Let's see. 
People are mean. I'm a slow learner. People are mean. We live in a broken world. Why should I expect? He didn't go, call me sometime. No. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And, then, and, and I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord, what else? Since we're on this lesson, what else? Well, Tim, just things happen. Stuff happens, so just move on. Don't dwell on it. So I move on. I get to the dealership. I'm putting a power slider in the back of a pickup. These power sliders, you know, you operate a button. They get a, everything's fancy now in a car. Have you noticed that? Push a button, the windows go this way now, not just up and down. It's fantastic. Brand new Dodge pickup. Can you put... Sure. I'm getting ready to do some cutting and my hand slips and I slice my hand open with a fresh brand new utility knife blade. And the blood is just a-going. Because, you know, it, when you cut yourself and it's, it's filleted, so the skin's flapped open and it's just going. And I'm like, are you kidding? And I go, are you kidding me? And I flap it back over and I put a Band-Aid on it. Then I, my mom and dad always taught me to wrap a rag around it and keep going. And the blood is just, it's bleeding good. I'm thinking, should I get stitches? Oh, come on. Put another rag around it. And a third one. I tape it up. And I'm over here like first baseman for the Cardinals trying to hold a knife, you know, with a glove. And I'm, and I finally get it out. And then I, and I get the glass from their parts department. It's a $600 glass. And I, okay, got it all prepped, getting the back of the pickup. And I, they got lineup pins now. So easy to put these in. Anybody can do it. Line it, push it in. What's wrong with this corner? It explodes. I go, are you kidding me? And somebody said, did you cuss? No, but are you kidding me? That's what I do. I went crazy. I can't believe this is happening. Because now this job has went from an hour and a half to four hours. Call the office. Hey, listen, can we get this part and this manufacturer? Because I don't want to pay $600 for a slider. Yeah, we can get it. Wonderful. I go to the supplier, I get it, I come back, open the box, it's not the right part. Call up. <laughs> What's wrong, Tim? It's the wrong part. <laughs> can you just, come on, give me the right part. She goes, I can get it. We got it. Go back. Got it. Right part. I put it in. Get everything done. I get in the van. Took me four hours. I'm driving along. And then I hear, so what are the lessons here? Well, Lord, uh, I mean, I'm having this conversation. I'm not perfect. Oh, anything else? A little deeper, Tim. If I get hurt, it will heal. Yeah. You got some hurts. That cut's illustrating just a bunch of hurts you've got. You know that I can heal those if you'll let somebody help you, if you'll listen, if you'll humble out. I can work that out. Okay, all right. Anything else? You mean there's more? <laughs> yeah. 
I guess every problem I have is really temporary because eventually the glass went in and everything was fine and it all worked out. Yeah, it cost you, but it worked out. Now, that was just the start. That was just the first few, two or three that I got. I'm still learning from that. I'm a little afraid to look at my other circumstances to think, what are they? But then I get to thinking, well, God, you're with me and you can teach me something good. I should be grateful this is going on because if I, fo- if I focus so much on the problem, I'm just going to complain and not learn a thing. And I can learn something if I would quit complaining and whining about it and go and just ask God. If I want to talk about it, God, what, what is this all about? What is going on here? I don't understand it. Well, will you trust me? Because I'm in every, every circumstance, Tim. Even the ones you get yourselves into, yourself into, I'm in those. I don't cut and run on you. And there's a lesson. There's a lesson every time. I just, I'm so thankful. I'm, so th- I'm learning to be so thankful. Because God cares, listen, God cares enough about you to only be with you, but to capitalize on what you're going through. He wants to use it. He wants to teach you. He wants, you know, he wants to be involved in it. He wants it to develop you. He's got something good to tell you. And he has to use a circumstance sometimes to do that. And they're pretty rough sometimes, but oh, they're so good. So what's, what's the uh, grateful gratitude challenge here this morning? Well, I, I wrote, look or look and appreciate God's lessons in all my circumstances. It's not enough just to look, but to appreciate them. Number three, God can work in all my circumstances. Honestly, let's face it, there are some things that happen to you, some things that happen to me, some situations we're in, we just want to get out of them. We don't even want to have anything to do with them. We want to get them behind us and get some days and time between the moment it occurred and now as many as possible. We don't want to deal with it. And God says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to use those. Don't be in such a hurry to get out of that. You know, one time um, um, when I was a kid, we lived on a pig farm. And um, you know, Jeff Stewart's always telling me to tell pig stories, so I'm going to tell a pig story. Um, we grew up on a pig farm and uh, raised lots of pigs, lots of pigs. And so we had a hog dog. And if you don't know what a hog dog is, they're smart. They're smart. They, you just point and they, they know what to do. Pick the pigs here and there. They're amazing animals, you know. So we had a hog dog and we, we felt it was pretty cool. Well, we're, we're, uh, it's, it's time to, it's springtime and dad's got this idea. Guys, we're going to take the hog lot and we're going to plow it up and we're going to plant corn in it. I said, why would we want to do that, dad? Well, you know, I, I think it, every once in a while you need to rotate the soil. And we're going to put the pig somewhere else and we're going to put them in here. So we get our tractors out and we're getting, and we get to sink the plows in, in the ground. And when we do, it's like you got to put the, the tractor in the lowest gear possible, rev it up as high as you can and it's barely turning the ground over because the pigs have been walking on it forever and packed it down. You follow me? And, and on top of that, they've been doing other things on the dirt. And so when it turns over, 
the odor is like, it's, your eyes are tearing up the ammonia from it. It's like a, somebody strike a match, we're all going to die, you know? So, so we're, we're plowing it, we prepare it, he plants it. And I'm saying, Daddy, you're crazy, this is stupid. I gotta tell you, the corn was like twice as tall. And you know, back in the 70s, they didn't have all this fancy, you know, DNA they'd messed with the plants and to where you can get the most yield. Uh, you might get one ear or two if you're lucky. We had stalks that were not one inch in diameter like your typical corn. They were almost an inch and a half, real big. And there were three ears on some of this stuff. And I'm going, that is amazing. He goes, well, some good stuff can grow in a lot of... He didn't say... He said S. I went, huh? He goes, yeah. Some of God's best work, folks, is in the worst stuff. And I know you may have had an S-y day or an S-y week. That's as close as I can get. Okay? It happens. But some of the greatest growth and the potential of that circumstance, God can do amazing stuff with. We say, God, you're crazy. You don't make sense. But if you'll trust the Lord, you, you, you learn to go, oh, well, you can do some amazing stuff. Look at this passage again. This is 1 Corinthians 11. We're looking at it from, the, from Paul's point of view. It says, The Lord of Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, would you circle, on the night He was betrayed, this is the essiest day on earth. On the night He's betrayed, what's that mean? The night that Judas, behind His back, the night... Peter denies him not once, not twice, three times. The same night, he's praying and he's in anguish. And when he goes see his disciples, they're sleeping on the job. And finally, when they wake up, here comes Judas and the gall of this man to kiss the Lord on the cheek. There's your guy. Everybody cuts and runs. He's bound up. The, the night he was betrayed, it says he gave thanks. He took this bread and gave thanks and said, I am broke for you. He says, this is my body, and notice it, which is for you. God did his greatest work in the crappiest day on earth. Isn't Jesus amazing? Isn't that just amazing? I want to be like that. I want to experience something like that. You know, not all the time right now, just a few seconds of that. I'd like to see what that's like and maybe then I could get on to the other, you know. Just, just what would that be like to go, I'm going through crap, but that's okay. Because God's going to work in it. He's going to work in it. He took the cup of wine, gave thanks to it gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. What is he saying? I want you to drink from this cup. They're all drinking. This is my blood. What? Yes, this is my. This represents my blood. 
Why are you telling us this, Lord? I want you to know it was poured out to forgive the sins of many. I want you to eat this bread. I want you to drink this cup. What is he saying to these guys? You're about, you're going to go through some stuff too. But God can do amazing things with it. If you don't shelve it too quickly, but you'll find gratitude. These disciples were all grateful for this. Jesus was grateful. And like I say, I, I want to say to you, I don't always understand my circumstances just like you. I don't get it sometimes. I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? I heard a guy say, he looked up to heaven and said, God, why, why, why? And a voice from heaven said, well, sometimes you just tick me off. I don't know if that's the way it works or not, okay? Sometimes I go, what did I do, Lord? Sometimes you didn't do anything. The world's broken. The world's evil. And you go, well, then why did you let it happen? Well, uh, just, uh, that's a long answer, Tim. But can I give you a shorter one? What? I can do something through it. Don't, I won't waste it. It wasn't a waste of your time to go through that. It won't waste mine. It won't waste yours. I can work in that circumstance. Romans 8, for I want you to know all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God. Does that sound like a grateful person, a person that loves God? I don't know anybody. If somebody doesn't love God, they're complaining and whining all the time. But when you love God, you get it. Okay, you're there. You're teaching me something and you're going to work in it. You can work in it. And are fitting into His plans. Some of the circumstances, some of the situations I've been in, I go, I can see God's hand and God's plan. I'm not there yet with all of them. But I want to be grateful anyway. So I'm saying to you this morning, when something strange is happening to you, when something you know is bothering you, instead of being discouraged by it, how about having some hope in it? God's going to do something with it. He's actually going to do something because He's with me and He's mentoring me and guiding me and He's working. Like I said before, God does His can make the best out of my worst. And sometimes He puts me in a certain time in a certain place in a certain situation so He can work. Listen to Paul here. He's in prison. Everything that's happened to me happened to me here has been a great boost in getting out the good news concerning Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in prison, I'd be going, everything that's happened to me has been awful. Food's bad. Guards are awful. Somebody took my pillow. Somebody stole this. Somebody did this. They're yelling and screaming all the time. They're putting people to death. When am I getting out of here? And Paul says, uh, this isn't a hotel he's at, folks. He's in prison. He goes, this is a great boost to getting the good news out. How can you be so optimistic? How can you be so positive? Because gratitude is in my neurons. Gratitude's in my brain, Tim. I see God with me. I see God teaching me. I see God working. And I just know He's up to something here. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it. I'm not thanking Him for it. I'm thanking Him in it. For everyone around here, including all the soldiers over at the barracks, know that I'm in chains simply because I'm a Christian. Look at verse 14. And what I'm going through, he didn't say what I went through. How can we always say it like that? 
know, years ago I went through this, and blah, 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 and God worked, and God worked, and God worked. Why can't, when are we going to be, when am I going to be, when are we going to, can you say, what I'm going through now, God is working? Well, that's the, that's a mature thing, huh? That's the mature Christian that can learn, well, if God did that then, He's doing something now. What I'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord and to be bold. What are you going through, Paul? Prison, chains. But it's good, Tim. How's it good? God works it all out for good. Other people, other believers are more courageous. Let me ask you, when you get with other believers, do they go away feeling courageous? Or more negativity? Because you're feeding off each other's negativity. I, I had some moments this week. I was feeding off some negativity. And I went, I went away going, I don't feel good. I wonder why. Couldn't figure it out. See, God can't, listen, God cannot work through whiners. He can't work. I don't know if you're wanting to work the way He has to when we complain and whine versus when we're optimistic, when we're aware of God working. You see, I, I've been to the ER for an injury or somebody else, and I've bumped into somebody that I've invited to church or led to Christ. I've had this happen to me. I've been in a car accident. Man, why is this happening? Of all times, I don't have time for this. And I'm meeting somebody who's going through something and we end up talking about the Lord and I invite them to church and they come. Somebody goes through a divorce. Well, how's that going to help anybody? Well, maybe you can help them prevent theirs. I've been abused. I've been sexually abused, physically abused, verbally abused. And I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk about it. It's too painful. I understand. And you know what? That person that is in your life that's been abused as well is going through pain they can't comprehend either. But what if you were just to be open to the idea that God could use you to help them with their pain? God, I think He says to us this morning, He's saying things like this to me. Don't hide it. Tim, don't be ashamed of it, of what's happened to you. I know it's bad, but let me do something good for it. It doesn't have to stay bad. It can actually be something good. So what's the gratitude challenge here? Look for opportunities. In my circumstances, look for opportunities to honor God. I honor God in all those circumstances. Instead of just being whining and caught up and bothered and upset and and drugged down and discouraged. God is in it. God's trying to teach me something good. And He's trying to work something good. And the fourth thing is, God prepares a blessing in all my circumstances. He's preparing a blessing. Have you ever heard the term blessing in disguise? I've referred to children that way. They're a blessing in disguise. I'm learning some, a lot of my circumstances that, well, the ones that I don't like are, can be blessings in disguise. Sometimes this situation's kept me from getting into another situation. It's a blessing, an immediate blessing in disguise. You know, Jesus is grateful on the cross. 
Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Does that sound like a, a person that's ungrateful? A, gra- a grateful person is forgiving. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's concerned about his mother. He's concerned about his friends. Grateful people. Think of them when they're going through the toughest, toughest moments, thinking of others. How's he, why, how can you pray like that? How can you say, your will done, Lord, not my will be done? Yes, he says, I thirst. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it isn't good. It isn't pleasant. But he's like, Father, I commend my spirit to you. I trust you. You got all of it. How's he able to do that? He sees, Jesus sees something ahead. He sees the blessing and the burden. He sees something good and all the bad. Look at this passage in Isaiah 53. After his suffering, he will see the light and he will be satisfied with what he experienced. He'll be satisfied. Now question, satisfied. Does that sound like somebody that's grateful? Or somebody that's not grateful. Does that make sense? Think about that. He's satisfied with what he experienced? Are you saying you're okay with it? I'm saying, Tim, I'm satisfied with it. Are you saying you liked it? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't like it. Big difference. He says, the Lord says, My servant will, who always does what is right will make his people right with me. He will take away their sins. I love that. My servant. Boy, when you're grateful, you really can serve the Lord, huh? And and instead of being complaining and whining, you're, you're satisfied knowing God's going to bless. A great big blessing is coming. What is it? Taking away the sins of the world. On the worst day, the best. It was the best day. Because of the blessings. Hebrews 12. Let us, these are familiar passages. Let us keep looking to Jesus. He did not give up when he was suffering shame to die on a cross. He knew the joy that would later be his. Now he's sitting at the right side of God. What kept him on the cross? What kept him through that circumstance? What, he could have stopped it. Was it like the song he could have called 10,000? He could have called 12 legions of angels, thousands of them, and stopped it. But he doesn't stop it. He could have got out of that circumstance, folks. And he says, no. I'm not going to get out of it. Why? Because there's something ahead for for you, Tim. Something ahead for you, Greater Alton. Something ahead for you that's so good, I'll go through this. If you're a parent, you understand this. You go through a lot of stuff for your kids. Right? Your kids don't see it right away. I was six. Christmas. We're opening up presents. Grandma Collins. Open up hers. It's clothes. Clothes? I go, clothes? And then all of a sudden my ear begins to hurt. And I'm getting drugged to a side room. My mother has... That's why my ears stick. It's not DNA. Grab my ear and pulls me and gets in my face. How can you be so ungrateful? Well, what makes you think I'm ungrateful? You complained. How was I complaining? I'm seven, you know, I'm six. I, you, you said clothes. I heard the way you said it. Clothes. 
Well, Mom, I want toys. I'm a, I'm a kid. I want toys. I don't want clothes. No, you didn't get Ow, quit blowing my ear. You're so ungrateful. I'm 16. My grandma's still making me clothes. You think I got a problem with that? We can't afford nice clothes. So my grandma makes them. And she doesn't make just any clothes. She goes and looks at what's being released in fashion in New York and California. And months before it gets to the Midwest, because there's always that delay, I'm walking around in bell bottoms. It's the 70s, man. Crazy colors. Where'd you get that? That is so cool. Uh, MGM makes my clothes. MGM, yeah, my grandma makes my clothes. And I even opened up the my jacket one time, and it had especially handmade by your grandma. I remember Christmas become grandma. What are you making? Well, I'm working on this this suit for you for the Christmas concert. What's it look like? Oh, it's got all these crazy colors, and it's got a little tux tail with it. Really cool. I had puffy shirts before puffy shirts were in, in the Midwest. The ruffles, the, the nehrus, the, all that. The scarves. If she'd have brought a toy, my ear would start to hurt. Because I'd have went, toys? Ah. I expect... What? I'm older. I'm more mature. When you're immature, God, this is... What? When you get older, you, you start to be more grateful. You begin to figure some stuff out. And church, I want to tell you, God's making some things handmade for you. Peace that you can't begin. Confidence, hope, and eternity. I listened to a fellow a couple of days ago. He said, when's the last time you thanked God for living forever as a Christian? And I couldn't think of any time I've ever thanked God for living forever. Him, he promises when you die, you don't die. Your body dies, but you keep going on with the Lord. What a blessing. What an incredible blessing when you stop and think about it. Look, it says in 2 Corinthians 4, these troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us forever and ever. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, No mere man has ever seen, heard, or even imagined what wonderful things God has ready for those who love the Lord. You love the Lord? I'm looking at our audience here. I want you to know, I don't know your hearts, but I'll tell you what, I know some of you. I know you love the Lord with all your heart. What a blessing He's got in store for you. What a blessing. If you look, you've already been receiving be grateful for that circumstance you're in now. Just like the ones in the past. Those of us who have been mature enough and old enough, we know those circumstances in the past, the blessings came out of, there's blessings coming out of the one you're in now. So what's the gratitude challenge I need to have? I'll be grateful for the blessings. I'll look forward to the blessings in my circumstances. I'll wait patiently for the blessings in my circumstances. One last passage and we're going to close. And it's a challenge for the holiday season. You know, in a couple of weeks we're going to be starting our Christmas series and 
and we're already working on decorations for the stage. Already a lot of minds and creativity going on, and, and we're going to be doing a Christmas series on peace. If there's ever a time I think our world needs some peace, it's right now. Elections, uh, a political climate, just the world climate, even truckers for some reason, you know, those truckers. We're we, we, we running into a very disruptive, unsettled world. We're running into it all the time. And God, when He came, he, he one of the first things He said for the first Christmas, peace be with you. And peace is with us. And we're going to be doing a series on peace uh, closing out the year. But look at this passage as we close. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all He has done. Can I encourage you during this holiday season to really be thankful. Not let Thanksgiving be the day, but let every day be a day of great Thanksgiving. Let it be the, let it be the thing. By the way, guys, stop and think about it now. Thanksgiving, you look at the Scriptures, it's the only thing going to heaven. You look at the book of Revelation, you find out it's, it talks about Thanksgiving is going to be the atmosphere in heaven. What about Christmas? What about Easter? What about... Now, it, it's mentioned Thanksgiving is going to permeate heaven itself. And, you know, I, I think we ought to... I don't want to be new at being thankful when I get to heaven. I want to, be a, I want to be a pro at it. How about you? Well, let's do it here. Let's start today. Let's, let's make it a... Let's, let's make Thanksgiving. Let's be thankful and grateful because God is with us and He wants to teach us and give us and bless us with something good. That, that He wants to not only do that, He wants to work in those circumstances. God's going to put some of you here in a certain situation for a reason to touch another life. Will you look for it? Just be sensitive to it and look for it this holiday season because people are thinking about Jesus more right now than they usually do. And Let's, let's, let's start here. Let's think about it the most and let God bless not only our life but the lives of others. You have a card in your bulletin this week, and if you'd like to respond to this lesson with a comment or a prayer request, we'll let you do that. We're going to sing a song and, and um, give you time to do that. And then we're going to sing another song and take up our regular contribution. If you're a guest here, you're under no obligation to give in this contribution. If you're a member here, we ask you to give generously. Please give generously. Let it come from a grateful spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, uh, thank you for being in our circumstances. Father, thank You for mentoring and guiding and teaching and working and preparing blessings in our circumstances. We don't know what everybody else is going through in this room. You do. They do. And Father, we pray, each of us pray, that we'll open our hearts open our minds, open our spirits to You. Remind us that You're always with us. We pray that we'll learn from Your Son, Jesus, who could lift up bread and wine and and thank You in the midst of just some hard stuff. Use us, Father. Some of us here have a circumstance that we don't want to talk about. We don't even want to deal with. Oh, God, would You... Give them the courage just to consider and open up and, and begin to let you work through them with that. Father, uh, we look forward 
that great day when you come. We look forward to the blessings of not only eternal life, Father, but the blessings you can give us while we're waiting. Fill our hearts with gratitude. Help us adjust it. Turn it a little bit here, turn it a little bit there. So our hearts will overflow with gratitude. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.